0: Hare Krishna, Haribo, everyone. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Om ajñāna-te-manandasya, jñāna-jana-shilakaya-chakshurun-ilitam yena-tasmai-shri-gurave-namā. Sri Chaitanyamano Bishtam, Stapitam, Yena Bhutale, Svayam rupakadamāhyam Dadati Svapadanticam. One day, Ham Shri Guru, Shri Yutta Parakamalam, Shri Guru Vaishnavangscha, Shri Rupam, Sagrajatam, Sahagana Raghunatang Vitam Tang Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Devam Shiradha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shivishakan Vitangscha Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna prishtaya bhutale simate bhakti vedanta swamin itinamine namaste Saraswati Devi gaurava pracharine nirvishesha shunyavadi paschatyadesha vancha Kripa Sindhu Evacha Patitanam Pavane Bhyo Vaishnava Namo Nama Ekishna hey, Karna Sindhu Dinavando Jagat Pate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha khanta Kapta gorangi Radhe Brindavaneshvari rishabanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hadipriye Jai Shikasha Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shi Advaita Gadadhar shivasari Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare
1: Hare Rama, Hare Rama Rama,
0: Rama Hare Hare Vishvasya Natarupao Sau Bhakti vartma Mapradarshanat Bhakta Vartitat Chakra Chakravartya kya ya ye bhavet. Because he has shown the residence of this universe, the path of bhakti, he is called Vishvanatha. And because he is situated amongst the circle of devotees, he is called Chakravarti. Shri Krishna naamam ritta varshi vaktra chandraprabha dvastattamobaraaya goranga devan ucharaaya tasmaye namo namash shila naruttamaya i offer respectful obeisance to shila narottam Dastakur, a sincere follower of lord goranga dev The nectarian shower of the holy name radiating from the moon of his mouth destroys the darkness of ignorance. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shiva Sadhi Gauravakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama Hare Hare So welcome everyone back back to Saturday Sangha uh, today we're um going to sing <laughs> Śrīla Bhakti Vinod Thakur's song of uh, Bhakti Anukul, And we're going to, I think we have some show and tell. And uh, we have a not-so-surprise-surprise guest, (laughs) Anuttama Prabhu, uh, who we, we means me, um messed things up last time gave him the wrong time so i think this time it's going to work uh and we'll see how the time goes i have a new subject i would like to discuss uh which is well the general subject is protection of the lord and the more specific is The Narayana Kavacha of uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam. And uh, I will say right now, and I will repeat later, you have some homework in this regard. Sometimes we hear the word homework and we get chills down the spine because we associate that with school and all of our traumatic experiences of school. Uh, But this is very nice homework. Yes, and uh, the homework is to first read chapter 8, canto 6. Of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, which is the Narayana Kavacha, um, which is given to Lord Indra because he's in big trouble. <laughs> uh, and, and then, after reading the Narayana Kavacha, the next task is to compose yourself. A prayer of protection. And um, this can be in your mother language. Um, It can be in English. It can be in Sanskrit, if you like. Um, If you have that capacity capability in any case uh that's the that's the plan and then uh next week we can read them we can share uh your prayers i can't tell if you're thinking this is a good idea or not but i hope so Uh, okay, so let's proceed with the song of Śrīla Thakur. Um, this is song number four of Bhakti Ānukul Matra Karyer Svikar. And uh, what's happening in the first Six of the eight verses of this song is we're getting a list of places and objects which are associated with Krishna and which are uddipana, which are stimuli for remembering Krishna. So it's just going to be Radha Kunda, Tata Kutir, Govardhana Parvata Jamuna Tir, Kusama Sarovara, Ganga, Kalinda Nandini, Vipula Taranga, Vamsivarta, Gokula, Dira Samir, Brindavana Tarulatika, Banir, Banir. Kaga, Mriga, Kula, Malayabhatas, Mayur, Brahma, Murali, Vilas, Venu, Sringa, padachinna Chinna, Mega, Mala, Vasanta, Sashanka, Shanka, Karatala. <clears throat> <coughs> Yuga lavilase anukula jani, lila vilase udippa kamani. E sab chodato kan nahi jau, e sab chodato parana harau. Vacati vinod kohe shuno kan tua udippa ka hamara paran. And the word paran is. Extended prana, prana, which means life. Oh, all right, all right, let's see how this goes.
1: <laughs> Radha Kunda
0: KUNJAKUTHI GOVARDHAN PARVATA
1: JAMUNATI RADHA KUNDA TATTA GOVARDHAN PARVATA JAMUNATI KUSHU sarovar manasaganga kalinda nandini vipul
0: kusuma sarovar manasaganga kalinda
1: nandini
0: Bamshi vata gokula
1: dirasami go kula dira samye, taru la tika bani vata go kula samye, taru Latika bhani Kagam rigga kula malaya bhatas Mayur Ramara Murali Vilas Kagam kula malaya bhatas, malaya bhatas. Mayur Brahmara Murabhivilas Venu Shinga Padachinna Negamala Vasanta-sha-shaṅka-shaṅka-shaṅka-kharatala Venu Shinga Megamalla Vasanta Shanka Shanka Karatala Yugala Vilase Jani Vila Vilase Uddipakamani Yugala vilase, Anukula jani, Lila Milas udipaka mani, Eshab Chodato, Kanhina hi jao, Eshab Chodato, Paranahara, Eshab Chodato kal na hi vino ko
0: Shunokan, Tua Udipaka,
1: Radhakunda Radha Kunda, Tata Kunja, Kuti, Govardhan Parvata Jamunati,
0: Radha Kun, Tata Kunja Kuti, over done,
1: parvata Parvat Jamunati Hade Krishna Hade Krishna Kesh Krishna Hade Hade Hare Rama Hare Rama Rama Hare Hade Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hade Hade Hare Ram Hare Ram Ram Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare
0: Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare.
1: Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram, Hare. Hade Krishna, Hade Krishna, 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 Hade Hade. Ram, 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 Hare Hade Krishna, Hade Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hade Hade, Ram, Hare, Ram, Rama Rama, are gor, going? Are you going? Are you
0: The cottage in the grove on the banks of Radhakunda, the great Govardhan Hill, the banks of the Yamuna, Kusum Sarovra, Manasaganga, the daughter of Kalinda, namely the Yamuna, with her many waves, the Vamshivat. Gokula, Dira Samir, the trees and creepers and reeds of Vrindavan, the different varieties of colorful birds, the deer, the cooling breeze from the Malaya mountains, the peacocks, the bumblebees, the pastimes with the flute, the flute itself, the buffalo horn bugle, the footprints of cows in the dust of Raja, the rows of blackish rain clouds, springtime, the moon, the conch shell, and the cartals. All these I know to be very conducive for the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. I recognize in them a transcendental stimulus for making the Lord's charming pastimes more intense. Mm. And here the word stimulus is translating udipaka. Uh, udipana is um, stimulation, and Udipaka is an object uh, which stimulates. And what does it stimulate? Lila vilasa, the, uh, the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. And then uh, the seventh verse, Eshab Chodato Kahi Nahi <inaudible> Jahu paran harao. I refuse to go anywhere if the stimuli to devotional service are not there. For to abandon them is to abandon life itself. Prana harao. Esabchodato prana Giving up my life. I'm not going to do that. Just yet because I have service to do, so I'm not gonna go somewhere where these objects are not somehow there. And finally, uh Bhaktvinod Shunokan Shuno says, Please hear me, O Kana. And who is Kana? Kana is Krishna, it's a nickname for Krishna udipak hamar pran, your entourage and paraphernalia. It's translated here, stimulate remembrance of you, and are the very source of my life. So, entourage, paraphernalia, anything connected with the Lord uh, is udipana, udipaka. So I've mentioned before that Śrīla Bhaktivinoda Thakur makes a kind of progressive order with each section of the Sharanagati. Uh, We know there are six sections uh, because there are six principles of Sharanagati. And uh, this section is on Anukula Bhakti, Favorable Devotion, and last week we sang uh, the famous song of uh, describing Bhaktivinoda Thakur's making his, uh, realizing his home to be non-different from Vrindavan. Um, so the, pro- the progression, you can say, is toward more intimacy and more sweetness. Uh, in general. And so now he's describing, this is his meditation, he's practically speaking in Vrindavan, uh, and he sees no reason to go elsewhere now. (laughs) Because all of this is his life. And this suggests, because all of these elements listed here uh, can be uh if one goes to vrindavan one can go to these places radha kund govardhan or we can remember them and the remembering is also uh a form of uh service and it dam and it's a way of connecting with the lord because um they are stimuli. We can feel stimulus uh, for serving the Lord just by remembering. <laughs> I think it's interesting. He, he mentions uh, in the last of the list, the end of the list, karatal. <laughs> so just hearing the karatals. In the previous song, it was the merdanga, the sound of the merdanga was a great joy. Uh, and now it's the sound of the cartels. But also the the moon is also here, the, the month of spring. Now we may be, since uh, we are in the northern hemisphere, we're all in the midst, in the depth of winter, uh, looking forward to spring. And in the southern hemisphere you are in the midst of summer, <laughs> and going toward the autumn, um, but uh, the springtime in Vrindavan is especially, especially dear. So all of this is Anukula. Uh, to remember the Lord is uh, favorable. Favorable for Krishna bhakti is to remember things associated with the Lord. So that is a kind of practice also, uh, um, a kind of intentional effort that uh, one can make to remember uh, the paraphernalia, the objects, the tadia, tadia is another word, um, which means related, literally tadiyya means related to that, um, but it's uh, more specifically meaning related to the Lord. Śrīla Bhakti no dhākura jai Hare Krishna. So, uh, show and tell time. Rumor has it that uh, Darya Chandrika has something for us.
2: Yes, yes, Guru Maharaj, I have. Um, just want to express my gratitude for the project which we did in uh, Kartik month. So I would say I would take one minute to. Um, so um, it's everything, started, of course, in October with uh, Guru Maharaj. You invite me to share our 16 in one go project and by your blessings and empowerment uh, to continue as a well wow for the Kartik month. Um, uh, when I shared response from the devotees was more than surprising to start it in the the last Kartik month. So 20 took it seriously and Club 16 uh, was formed. Uh, So here um, I would like to express my gratitude to all participants for opening their hearts and sharing their daily experiences with chanting. Uh, I believe that that sharing gave everyone involved a fresh motivation uh, every day and helped us keep on despite of all challenges. So for me, it was a wonderful insight and into other devotees' daily chanting and um, and, and endeavor to deepen their relationship with Krishna. Uh, A special support was Guru Maharajah's being with us all the time helping us sail the ocean uh, and for which I'm endlessly thankful. At the end, I would like to say that um, uh, due to deep personal experience we all had during month of Kartik, Club 16 uh, will live on. So everyone is welcome to just write my email, which I will share it uh, on the chat. Embrace this wonderful opportunity of chanting in one go, reflect on it, and share with other devotees. So from my heart again, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, thank you for facilitating and inviting for this yeah it's, it's a nice thing I think um, I think we all have experience that when we can just sit and chant. There's something a bit magical about sixteen rounds, isn't it <laughs> uh that if we if we can chant them you know basically nonstop it's uh it's very powerful so let it let it continue let everyone whenever whenever we if If we make it into uh an aim like you know I really want to do this, then Krishna helps Krishna makes it possible uh, of course, circumstances can mm, be there that make it uh, not always possible. <laughs> We have other duties, and that's okay. So we we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't feel bad. Don't don't uh, start thinking, oh, I'm so terrible because I can't chant sixteen rounds uh, nonstop in the morning. You know, because I have other duties. That's understood. And I may have uh, mentioned, and mm, I don't know if uh, I could point exactly to where this is that Prabhupada mentioned one time, that as a householder, he was quite busy. He He had his business, he had his family. So at least for some time, he said, his program was to chant Four rounds in the early morning, then four rounds again, I think at midday, and then again four rounds in the afternoon and four rounds in the evening. <laughs> that was his his practical solution uh, for his situation. Uh, but... When opportunity is there, it's nice to just sit and, as Mahatma Prabhu says, just turn off the mind. (laughs) Say, okay, click, mind off. Of course, what we discover is that the mind never really turns off, but what we want to do is uh, turn the mind to Krishna. Krishna. And specifically turn the mind, and that means, in a sense, turning off all the uh, all the preoccupations of the mind, uh, and then directing to Krishna, um, especially through His name. Right. Is there anyone else who had something to share today?
3: Could I ask a question, Guru Maharaj?
0: Okay.
3: Regarding the uh, this uh, chanting, uh, please accept my humble obeisances.
0: Hare Krishna. Uh,
3: yesterday I read uh, uh, in the in the book of uh, Sadhur and Dasgupta Swami one African devotee was uh, there in Rindavan and he desired to chant 120 rounds and Prabhupada heard about this and then one, once in a conversation Prabhupada just said ah when somebody say I desire then that is sense gratification but this was uh, uh, regarding the chanting of 120 rounds so my question is, when somebody wants to increase uh, the rounds, does this need some blessings and approval of spiritual master, or how this goes?
0: Well, Srila Prabhupada gave a general blessing for all of us. He said chant. Um, he, he said chant minimum sixteen rounds. So that means we have the blessing to chant more than 16. Uh, and as for Prabhupada's comment to the devotee, I desire to chant, and then Prabhupada saying, "Desire, I desire means material desire. Um, Prabhupada, he's, he probably saw that this particular devotee uh, that the mentality was not really to increase service, but it was something else. It was, you know, some some desire for getting more um, name and fame, as we say. So so in that context, Prabhupada said, oh, this, he kind of dismissed the whole thing. Um, but we often uh, speak of desiring for Krishna. I I desire to do this service for Krishna. Uh, but of course, it's always uh, the it, it's always the question that we want to ask ourselves: Do I want to do this for Krishna, or do I want to do it for myself? <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's there. But in general, for chanting more, we all have the blessings. Don't worry. But uh, there's two things. There's quantity and there's quality. Um, chanting more is good, but uh, it's not necessarily good if the chanting is not... If it's not... Actually, chanting—if <laughs> it's something, something other than uh, than, uh chanting and hearing Krishna's names. So again, we, it's it's something we're constantly working on. That's that's our practice. We're working on improving, turning our attention ever more into Krishna. So it may it may be with more rounds, that's very good. And with the more rounds, let there be also better let them be better. Better rounds. Is that okay? Yes, thank you very much. Hmm. Anyone else, something? Anything? Tell us about your week, this last week. Everyone's very shy. Okay. Um, Before I get into the Narayana Kavaja, I discovered in my... Library. Uh, translation by His Holiness Jay Swami Maharaj of Srila Prabhupada's poem Brindavane Bhajan. So I just want to read uh, the first the first uh, portion of this. It's uh, eight lines. <clears throat> The Bengali is very nice. Brindavana ami Boshe achi eka. E bavana madje madje deya more deka. Ache mor stri putra kanya nati shabo. Kintu arto nai Boli bipal bibo. Prakritir nagnarupa dekale nice. shikishna. Taba kripa bole acha heyachi bitrishno. Yasya hammanu krinami harishetadanam shanai. Kripa mayer e kripa budjilam kai. The second to the last line was Sanskrit, quoting from Bhagavatam. My dear Lord Krishna, as I sit here alone, in your holy abode of Vrindavan Dham, absorbed in the following thoughts and meditations, kindly appear before me. I have a wife, son, daughter, grandchildren, and everything. But since now I am without any wealth, everything is considered a failure. All these so-called opulences are now simply sources of frustration. My dear Lord Sri Krishna, you have so kindly revealed to me the naked form of your material energy. And today, by your causeless mercy, I have lost all taste for material enjoyment. As you, my Lord, have stated, Yasya Hammanugrinami Harishanam Shani If I especially favor anybody, then I take away all his sources of income. (laughs) But have I really properly understood how you, the all merciful Lord, have bestowed this cause's mercy upon me? So this is the beginning of Prabhupada's extended meditation uh, in which in this first part he's expressing from his own experience. Uh, he's he's moved to Vrindavan. Uh, he's basically left his family. Uh, his His business is no longer working. Uh, he he sees himself now as uh, it's time to move on and to, to really focus now on uh, his, his bhajana, which of course will include his translation of Bhagavatam and his writing of uh, so many articles he, he will write also the book, Easy Journey to Other Planets, and basically prepare for his mission. So here, it's kind of a confessional mood. He's saying, my dear Lord Krishna, now everything's gone, and I remember your statement in the Bhagavatam, (laughs) yasya hamanugrinami I especially favor someone who's... um, I I take when I favor someone, I take everything from them, and because Sheila Prabhupada is reflecting about this now, uh, and we can we can see that uh, he is reflecting in Vrindavan, and so Vrindavan is mm, opening up to him. As a result. Uh, of these external circumstances, and he is appreciating. He is appreciating that. Okay, just for a few minutes now, I want to uh, look at the Narayana Kavacha. Uh, the circumstance of this is in the Bhagavatam that Lord Indra has gotten himself into trouble uh, by neglecting his, his guru, uh, Brihaspati. And uh, he, he realizes he's in a dangerous situation now uh, because uh, the conflict is... Mm, perpetual conflict between the devas and the asuras and indra is in charge of the devas so he also feels responsibility for them Uh, and so he takes direction from vishvarupa who later (laughs) indra indra is a rather impetuous person so later He's going to be angry at Vishvarupa, recognizing that Vishvarupa has divided loyalties uh, and that anger is going to lead to his getting violent, Lord Indra. And this is going to cause more trouble for him. Um, But here my point is that we find the Narayana Kavacha in the Bhagavatam, and the Bhagavatam uh, tells us in the very beginning, Dharma, Projita, Kaitavotra, Paramo Nir Saranam, Satam. Uh, this Bhagavatam is rejecting all forms of Kaitava Dharma, all kinds of uh, kitava, means cheating, Uh, And it's the ripened fruit of the tree of Vedic literature. And so, and it's a glorification of Lord Narayana in his many different forms uh, with the sort of common theme of requesting protection from all of these different forms. And the context for me of... um, Sort of revisiting this Narayana Kavacha. I used to chant it uh, rather regularly. And now and then I get someone asking me, writing, asking about uh, what to chant for protection, and devotees like to chant the Nrsingha Kavacha. And I always recommend if you want to chant a kavacha. Kavacha means shield. Then um, I recommend the Narayana kavacha because it's in the Bhagavatam and it's a glorification of the Lord in his in his several forms. And so we have, I think, a particular. Uh, blessing from, yeah, we can say from Srila from Shukadev Goswami uh, to chant this. And also we get the details in the beginning. If you really want to do it in the fully uh, recommended way, which is, I have to say, it's actually kind of tantric, tantra in the sense of, involving mantras which uh, we place on the body through nyasa. That's a very tantric activity. Um, So it gives a description in the first few verses of how to do this, and you can can try it out. The idea, and the idea of uh, infusing the, the body with uh, the syllables of these mantras is that one is uh, transforming the body, making the body uh, spiritual, making the body mm, Krishnaized or Narayanized. And that is what Srila Prabhupada speaks about in his purport to the first. Verse of the actual prayer, and the first verse is uh, text number 12, which goes like this Om Hari Vidadhyan Mamasarvarakshan Nyastangri Padma Patagenda Prishte Darari Charmasi Gadeshu Chapa Pashandadano. Ashta the Supreme Lord who sits on the back of the bird Garuda touching him with his lotus feet holds eight weapons the conch, the disc, the shield, the sword, club, arrows, bow, and ropes. May that supreme personality of God protect me at all times with his eight arms. He is all powerful because he fully possesses the eight mystic powers Anima, Mahima, Lagima, etc. Hmm. Okay, so we can picture Lord Narayan with eight arms, not two, not four, not six, but eight. And in all of his hands he's holding what is he holding? Conch, disk, shield, sword, club, arrows, bow and ropes. Kind of sounds like Durga. (laughs) And then comes the prayer, uh, May the Lord, the Personality of Godhead, protect me at all times with these eight arms. Mama Sarvarakshan. Okay, let's see what Srila Prabhupada says. Thinking oneself one with the Supreme is called ahangraho-pasana. Through ahangraho-pasana, one does not become God, but one thinks of himself as qualitatively one with the Supreme. Understanding that as a spirit soul, He is equal in quality to the Supreme Soul, the way the water of a river is the same nature as the water of the sea. One should meditate upon the Supreme Lord as described in this verse and seek his protection. The living entities are always subordinate to the Supreme. Consequently, their duty is to always seek the mercy of the Lord in order to be protected by him in all circumstances. And uh, as you read through these verses, you will see that uh, this all circumstances is very much elaborated all circumstances means different kinds of places uh, the different periods of time of the day uh, different uh, states of mind are also mentioned so it's it's quite comprehensive but here Srila Prabhupada is making this uh point in the beginning that's interesting as the as the first as the starting point for doing this meditation and he's he's actually alluding back he's pointing back to um, these previous verses which are describing uh, how to how to do uh, these uh, Nyasas karanyasa. I'm out of practice now myself, but you, uh, you, you put the syllables on your, on your fingertips like this. After touching your feet and your knees and your thighs and your chest and your heart, and what is it—the throat, the eyes, the head—with uh, the different syllables: Om, Na. Mo no, it's not I Anyway, there's different ones, <laughs> but the whole idea of those is to uh, infuse oneself with the Lord to become, to be qualitatively non-different from the Lord. Then, in that condition, in that state of being beyond condition, you can say, uh, then. Uh, then one can ask the Lord for protection. But now a question may come. What about this idea of asking the Lord for protection? Do Do devotees ask the Lord for anything? Aren't we supposed to not be asking the Lord for anything? Well... Yes. Yes and no. (laughs) Shilavishvanath Chakavarti Thakur explains uh, that in circumstances where we are in need of protection, in need of shelter, it's best that we turn to the Lord for shelter rather than Something else. So if there is a need for shelter, so this is Chaturvidabhajante Mang Jana Sukritino Arjuna Arto Jigyasur Artarti Gyanicha. So Arta, no, Art, the first one, Arto, uh, being in distress, the Sukriti. Uh, the person who is pious, will turn to the Lord. But I want to suggest there's another way to offer these prayers, although they're all kind of uh, self-centered, please protect me, please protect me, mam rakshatu. We can also turn this around and and uh, ha- turn it into a meditation. Let everyone be protected. And this is what I was reflecting on uh, with all the news we're getting about uh, this pandemic. And some of us may be getting news about uh, persons that we know personally getting getting this condition mm. and naturally we want uh, we want them we want them to be protected and naturally we want to alert the Lord please <laughs> protect and Prabhupada says Krishna listens to the prayers of his devotees so we can uh we can do such prayer for for others. And I see now his grace Anuttama Prabhu is with us. Hare Krishna. I hope I have the timing right this week. This time we got it right. And again, my apologies for getting for misinforming you last time. <laughs>
4: I was thinking of putting a mask over my head so I could still somehow be a mystery guest, but I, I couldn't find one in time. So, And aside from that, there's your name, which is... Yeah, uh, that was the other problem. I didn't have time to take that off. Kind of a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would have been a poor attempt at being a mystery guest.
0: <laughs> so thank you for coming. And let me... Introduce you briefly, and then you can uh, you can better introduce yourself after I misintroduce you. Well, first I want to say because all the devotees have met your good wife, uh, Rukmini, so now they will know you as the husband of Rukmini.
4: That's not an uncommon introduction for me.
0: Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> um, Okay, I'm going. I'm making reference to your own bio that you've put up uh, on the internet, amongst the uh, as one of ISKCON leaders. I think that's the first point to make is uh, that Anutama Prabhu is one of the leaders of our society, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, and sometimes uh, devotees in our society, us, sort of. Normal folk, uh, rank and file. We may feel uh, quite some distance from from uh, those who are uh, we understand are the leaders of our society. And this is one reason I thought it would be a gr- uh, good uh, reason for having you and introducing you and devotees can, so to say, see you in person. <laughs> um, well, Anuttama Prabhu first uh, joined the devotees in Colorado. Was that in Boulder or was that in Denver?
4: Um, I went to Boulder and they were coming there chanting regularly, but the temple was in Denver. Uh huh. I was hanging out in Boulder.
0: Uh, but it says that after the first night at the temple, <clears throat> uh, you wouldn't go back to the things you found unfulfilling. Was that in Denver? That was in Denver. <laughs> okay. Uh, temple which then, not so lo- so much later, I guess, you became the president of. Which year was that that you became the Denver pre- president?
4: 86, so 10 oh, years. Oh, it was I was a chair for 10 years. And uh-huh. then I, I actually went back to Boulder to open a preaching center there. So I was kind of the president, although there was only four of us. So I don't know how much <laughs> presidential responsibilities that was. Then
0: uh, it says, you began serving as leader of the BBT book distribution Uh, and then became president of the Denver Temple. I have a special connection with Denver, I have to say. I was living there uh, when I was about, um, how old was I? I was in first and second grade, so kind of six, seven years old.
4: I had a feeling when I first went to Denver it was a tirta, but I wasn't able to understand the subtleties of the connection. <laughs> That's
0: it, it's a tirtha because Krishna is there. That's why it's a
4: tirtha. Yeah. And <laughs> Prabhupada visited there. Did he? Yeah, he did. He was there like two, three months before I came. Oh. I came right after Prabhupada was there. Uh huh. Um.
0: Okay, so, and Anuttama Prabhu has been a member of the GBC since the year 2000. I think you should get some award for surviving 20 years of the GBC.
4: Well, some people, like Gopal Krishna has been there for, I think, 40, like since they started. So, whatever, that's 72, almost, almost 50 years. Wow. So... <laughs>
0: Well, I, I, I still think you should get an award for 20 years. He can get, you know, a special award. But 20 years is quite something. Uh, he is, GBC, uh, his places he is overseeing are in the U.S., namely the state of Delaware, uh, Maryland, and Washington, D.C., and you're speaking to us as
4: we speak. I think from your home, isn't it? In yeah, Maryland. and they've added since then. It's now St. Louis, Chicago, Alachua, other parts of northern Florida, and Mayapur. And Mayapur. Well, at least I'm on what's called the Mayapur Executive Board, which is about six or eight devotees that oversee Mayapur.
0: Okay, so um, in this way, it keeps you off the streets, right?
4: I wouldn't say it keeps me out of trouble, but it keeps me off the streets.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. You have a nice statement here, which maybe we can, um, maybe you can elaborate on, but uh, I'm quoting now Anuttama Prabhu. ISKCON and the Vaishnav tradition have great gifts to share with the world, especially in these troubled times. I have faith that as ISKCON devotees become better qualified to follow and represent Śrīla Prabhupāda and Lord Krish- Lord Chaitanya, the great culture of bhakti that they brought to the world will have tangible and long-lasting effects. Mm. So that's a very hope- hopeful statement. Um, but... Before we get back to that, uh, you are in the International Director of Communications. You are um, a member of the Board of Trustees of Bhaktivedanta College in Belgium. You are a
4: founding member of Children of Krishna. Is that going on? No, it stopped. That, that, that's kind of an old bio they put on the GBC site, but yeah. I was oh. a founding member of Children of Krishna.
0: And you're a founding member
4: of the Grihasta Vision Team, which is still going on, isn't it? it is, yeah, definitely, very very much. I'm not as active there, but um, that's uh, a wonderful Vaishnava initiative that's there.
0: And then... Uh, You are active in several interfaith initiatives in Washington, D.C., including the Religion Communicators Council. Uh, And I was thinking this is something we can um, ask you some more about this, your interfaith experience. Uh, But before that, um, regular contributor to ISKCON News and authored articles for ISKCON Communications Journal uh, and several interfaith publications. Uh, by the way, ISKCON Communications Journal, which uh, went avyakta about, um, I guess, 10 years ago,
4: yeah,
0: is now becoming vyakta again. Um, very soon to have, I think, one issue per year. (laughs) So that's happening. Also active in several religious freedom initiatives and networks, Uh, you network with government and NGOs in Washington to promote religious freedom around the world. You also teach... um, several seminars, including ISKON's Leadership and Management uh, Communications course, Guru Seminar, and uh, the Disciple course, all of which you have self-authored.
4: Well, team. I was a team, part of the team. Okay, you co-authored. That's, yeah. Um,
0: Yes, so in this way, you are very active since so many years in, I would say, especially the public sphere of ISKCON. And I suspect that for most of us, this is a mysterious dimension of ISKCON. (laughs) So... I want to say to all the devotees: um, Some of you have not been with us some weeks ago. It's been a f- several weeks now. Uh, we started out that I was, I was uh, speaking about interreligious dialogue, based on a seminar which I have been presenting in Mayapur. Uh, I guess three times now, and we had Anuktama Prabhu as a guest in that presentation one time. Um, And then we decided, okay, it's time to move on to other topics. So now we're kind of for today with Anuttama Prabhu here, I thought we can uh, revisit that topic of interfaith dialogue. And maybe a way to start is with me being a devil's advocate I hope you don't mind. Um, I wonder what Sanskrit would be. Well, the paksha in Sanskrit. Uh, so the devil's advocate says, what inter-religious dialogue? What a total waste of time. Ours is a preaching mission. Mm. We have no need to listen to anyone else.
4: So do you want to respond to that? Yeah. Normally I respond to that by just uh, ignoring it and going on with what I and others understand is a very valuable service to Prabhupada. <laughs> and maybe I can just step back just a little bit to kind of explain why not only interfaith is important, but all of the things that we try to do in ISKCON kind of Communications, which are kind of connected, and they'll come back specifically to to interfaith, Maharaj, if I may. And first, let me offer my bases to all the Vaishnavas. Vanchakopatrubhyaśca, Kripa-sindhu-behevacca, Vanchakopatrubhyaśca,
0: Kripa-sindhu-behevacca, patitha Namo, Namo.
4: And Śrīla Prabhupāda, Namo, Om Bhishnuparaya, Krishnuparaya, Bhutale, Śrīmati Bhakti, Viranta, Swamani, Tanamani, Namaste, Saraswati, Devi, Gauravani, Bichaline, Nivraseśa, Śrīvati, Pashtatārī, Zitani. So, just real briefly, the basic kind of principle or, or ethos behind the whole communications ministry, of which interfaith is a piece of that as I see it, <clears throat> is um, understanding that, as, as Mars read that little piece that I had written, we do have big contributions to make to the world. And in order to be effective with those, um, we, we we need to do what we call create a favorable environment for ISKCON. Uh, in other words, if we want to have the support of academics, we need to do something to reach out to them, encourage them, facilitate their study of us, help explain things to them, give them access to us. If we want to have a government support of doing festivals and opening buildings and, and having restaurants, we need to uh, abide by health requirements. We need to work according to building codes like that. We do live in the world and we need to be uh, responsive to those, uh, to to people in the world and create what we call a, a, a favorable environment. If we have decent relationship with the media, we're much more likely to get good coverage in the media, which will help us promote our mission. If we have a bad relationship with the local police department, and every time we start a kirtan, they come over and tell us, okay, shut it down, you know, break the drums, close the doors. That's not going to help us promote kirtan. So we know ultimately, Krishna consciousness is a transcendental activity. Yet at the same time, we do live in the world, and we need to help create an environment favorable for pushing on our movement. Just like we give the example a lot of times, if you're going to plant a garden, You don't just go and stick the seeds in the ground. Someone who is foolish might think that's the way you plant your garden. You go out in the spring, you just buy some seeds, you stick them in the ground and you go away. But a person who's knowledgeable understands, no, even though the seeds are potent, the sun is there, the water is there, the earth is there, I have to help prepare the soil. So you turn over the earth and you take out the weeds and you take out the rocks and you make it nice and and a good receptacle Then you put the seeds in, so in the same way, at least a certain percentage of devotees, if our movement is really going to grow and have an impact on the larger society, we need to kind of be the the in-between shakti, you know, representing the movement, but interacting with the world at large, helping to create positive environments with those groups of people that can help us or hurt us. For instance, the government, scholars, religious leaders, the neighbors, we all know, you know, so many stories, Prabhupada himself personally going out of his way to make sure there's a good relationship with, with, the, uh, with the, uh, the landlord of the, of the temple of 26 2nd Avenue. Prabhupada himself was assisting Mr. Chuti in taking out the trash of the other residents of, of, of that building, if you can imagine. Prabhupada personally was helping this, you know, Mr. Chuti, not a transcendentalist at all, take out the trash of other people, not necessarily transcendentalists. Why? (laughs) To make sure there's a nice relationship. Mr. Chuti doesn't make trouble. He understands and, you know, we have a few few complaints coming from the other people probably didn't want us to get kicked out of that building and have so many troubles. So, so many examples like that. So in that context, similarly, uh, religious leaders, uh, they are important for us for many reasons not the least of which, they can facilitate our um, opportunity to spread Krishna consciousness. There's lots of other reasons I'm going to talk about in in a minute. But I'll, I'll reference one quote from Prabhupada in a letter to Tejas in the 15th of August, 1973. He says, Prabhupada writes, If you make some of the big government officials interested in our movement, then our strength will increase. And here's the key point. Because we are in the material world, sometimes we require that help. Very Mm. important statement. Because we are in the material world, sometimes we require that help. Another point is that if a government officer becomes our admirer or member, then many others will follow. Again, very important point. So try to make them sympathizers. Sometimes, this is how I would respond, starting to get back to your question directly, Marsh sometimes we think oh, our interaction with people is supposed to be where we make people devotees and if they're not interested in being devotees we don't have much interest in them but Prabhupada's is saying here no you should try to make them sympathizers and I'll, an example kind of pops up in my mind thinking about it in our earlier less mature somewhat overly zealous days of book distribution as example I was trained, and many of us were trained. The goal is to get the person to buy the book. I was personally trained, keep pushing until they say no three times. Sir, would you like (laughs) this book? No, thank you. But it's a beautiful book. No, thank you. Sir, look, I said, no, thank you. And at a certain point in time, we're actually trained. At that point, you stop talking because you need to save your voice for all the people you have to talk to during the day. So don't <laughs> waste your time saying, well, thank you anyway. It's nice speaking with you. Have an, for, those are all kind of like unnecessary things. You just immediately go to the next person. Because why? The goal is specifically, singularly designed, give them the book. If they're not at that stage of taking the book, don't waste your time with them. Don't try to make them sympathizers as Prabhupada said, they have to buy book. Now flash forward today, 2020 and maybe start around 2015, Vishika Prabhu and others, change that culture. The goal is leave people, what? With the book? No, with a good impression. Because if they have some people will take the book, fantastic, fantastic. Some people won't take the book, but they'll share a few nice words. Some people they'll go away with a no but hopefully a friendly no, a good impression. So that whole culture changing, okay, we're not going to just twist people's arms to either buy a book or chant Hare Krishna or move in the temple or convert to Vaishnavism. So when we meet people uh, of, of, of other faith backgrounds, as, as at the very least, or maybe not the very least, but one of the points is um, we can help create a favorable environment uh, with those people. Um, and, but but if we're thinking that the goal is simply to convert people, then as Mirage was in his uh, personification of a devilish mentality, was saying, it's useless. What's the point? Because we're never going to, or it's unlikely we're going to convert those people. Therefore, not a valuable use of our time.
5: Hmm.
4: How's that for starters, Mirage Is that okay? That's, that's
0: a good start. <laughs> Maybe maybe you could share a bit of your uh, history of uh, getting involved in interreligious events, how things started and um, how they developed. And I'm particularly interested to hear if there was any any shift in, in your own thinking from the beginning to how you see it, and how you see such interactions now? Like, yeah, I used to think like this, but now I think like this.
4: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, if for me it was rather abrupt, I recall going to my first interfaith experience in. Denver again you mentioned Denver um, and I went to a local uh, went to a local I'm trying to pin your video anyway I went to a local uh, interfaith event and I think I went twice I might have gone three times but I think but at least twice and um, this is probably in the 80s and I remember specifically after one or two events, one of the people speaking and saying, well, you know, in our church, oh, oh, I hope I didn't offend anyone by using that term. See, we use the term church, and I hope you weren't disturbed by that. And I was thinking, wait, we already been, we've met for two weeks already. There are two meetings, three meetings. We're, we're, are we stuck at this point? We, we're not going to get beyond this. I mean, come on, this is just superficial terminology. This is a total waste of time, and I stopped going because I just felt they're never going to go anywhere. And, and, and I would definitely say that there's a certain percentage of interfaith dialogue that I personally find not very um, satisfying. Uh, still may be beneficial. I mean, there's lots of things written on different types of dialogue, you know, they talk about the dialogue of life where you're just interacting with your neighbor. They talk about theological dialogue, which is mostly what I've uh, been involved in dialogue of service where you get together with the mosque and the synagogue and the church down the street and you all go out and clean up the river you know things like that those are those are all beneficial in different ways my my focus has mostly been on theological dialogue and initially yeah i found it was a a total waste of time i'm not sure exactly why i decided to try again but somehow i did i think when i got involved in communications and maybe i can share a story because i think you want to you talked about changing, developing. Um, I'll, I'll, I, I've actually written about this. The first Vaishnava Christian Dialogue on a big scale that we organized in North America was in Boston. Shona Rishi, who was then the communications director in Europe, who's now the, the director of the, of the Oxford Center for Hindu Studies, which you're all familiar with, um, he'd done an event in Wales, and, and I wanted to do something in North America with his help. So it was, a, it was a pretty big thing. We had top scholars, Christian scholars, and, and top Vaishnavas. Maharaj, were you there? You didn't go to Boston, did you? Were you at that event? I don't have the no, list. Of
0: no, I, I wasn't there.
4: Okay, you came later. But, you know, Tamal Krishnamaraj was there. I think Garuda was there. Pranada Dasi was there. Um, a few other people from... Shonika was there, of course. I was there. Rukmini was there. Um. And like Larry Shin was there, Frank Clooney was there, Gordon Melton, who's written the encyclopedia on new religious movements. There's some very, very big names. And anyway, in point I wanted to mention, I, uh, I chose the topic, and I, the topic I chose was the kingdom of God. And I chose the kingdom of God because I was thinking we've got a lot to say about the kingdom of God. I mean, I know a little bit about the Bible. My, I came from a Christian background, although I was never really a Christian. Uh, You know, there's not a lot in the Bible about the kingdom of God, but boy, we've got it. You know, God's blue, he plays a flute, he's got cows, you know, he kills a big snake now and then, and, you know, lists mountains. (laughs) There's a lot of really cool stuff we can talk about the kingdom of God. So that was the topic, and, you know, the session started, and and after the first day, as I remember, Frank Clooney, was a big scholar at Harvard, Mara studied under Professor Clooney for some time, um, he, um, and a Jesuit priest. He said, well, why don't we go around the room and talk about how the king, this concept of kingdom God affects all of us individually. And so we started doing that, about 20 people in the room. And I remember some people saying, well, I'm just so inspired about the idea of Krishna and he plays with the cows and he's running by the river moon is such a beautiful thing. And I was thinking, yes, Whew. you know, we're really impressing these people with so much knowledge we have. And then I remember, I'm pretty sure it was Larry Shin who, who studied Hare Krishna, one of the earlier... Uh, uh, very important scholars of ISKCON, also a, uh, a, well, he was a president of Berea College, and then a couple other places, and uh, uh, a minister, Methodist minister, I think, can't remember right now. Anyway, he said, well, you know, for me and my traditions, as a Christian, this was 1980, 96, I think, 96, around, yeah, 96, 95, 96, So he said, for me as a Christian, in my tradition, we don't really say that much about what the kingdom of God is like, but I have a lot of faith. It's a wonderful place, and I don't really need to know the details. What matters for me is living a Christian life while we're here. And as he said that, I started to feel myself kind of sliding into my chair, as in like disappearing slowly. Because he said, you know, what's important for me is how we live out our values, how we interact with the environment around us, how we honor our children. And our, this is 96, okay? This is like ISKCON child abuse uh, history is just exploding in front of us. Not publicly yet, but it was starting to surface. How we honor the women in our community, how we care for our children, how we take care of our families, how we contribute as, 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 as citizens to the world around us. And I literally physically felt myself sinking into my chair because I realized we've got all this wonderful philosophy and theology and idyllic conceptions of God, but how does it play out here? And then it just really struck me in a very big way. We have a lot to learn from these people. And the only way we're going to learn from these people or from anybody else, right? We, we quote chanakya Pandit, right? Take good instructions even from a fool, right? But we kind of, again, sometimes I think that's, that's a theory. It's not, we don't, do, we don't put that in practice very often, you know. But, you know, when the bus driver says, you know, can you please stand up and give that lady a seat? You know, we should think, oh, dude, look, even the bus driver is teaching me how to be a gentleman. Prabhupada said, Vaishnavas means, you know, my disciples are perfect gentlemen. So the bus driver tells us, be better gentlemen, we should be open to that. So that was a big, that was kind of a big, big shock for me. And it's been uh, more and more of that unfolding ever since. I, I go into any type of interfaith meeting. I try to do it in other meetings as well, thinking, what am I meant to learn here? I mean, I'm so, so far away from being even, a, you know, whatever, Krishna conscious, even a little bit Krishna conscious and whatever krishna arranges for me in life is an opportunity to learn and uh, and we've seen over the years that how that unfolds mm-hmm. and and now we've been doing christian vaishnava dialogues in india which is which is interesting we've we've up till now we've kind of very carefully not got pulled into too much of the geopolitical issues there but they're growing day by day, and it's making it's kind of putting a little, a little. It's starting to strain our, our dialogues a little bit. It hasn't really surfaced too much yet, mm-hmm. but it's an un, it's an issue there. Yeah. And also, we've been having Vaishnava-Muslim dialogues in North America for about six or seven years, which are also very rewarding. I've tried to get those started in India for the last three or four. And we actually had a plan to do it this December, but because of the COVID, everything kind of fell apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me you were planning that and you were asking me if I might be able to participate. Um, I want to, well, can can you say a bit more about the Vaishnava Christian dialogue before you started up in India? Because that's been going since what year?
4: Yeah, I think it's our, we just had, I think, our 23rd year in Uh Washington, and uh, we have about 10 people, 10 10 Vaishnavas, and 10 Christians come, and in India, we really have it split, Uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavas and Sri Vaishnavas, about, we try half and half, but it's more, it's more ISKCON people. In North America, it's almost, it's, it it's well no we we've got uh, our friend uh from from georgetown comes who's uh with uh, uh not a Gaudiya. but so we've got about 10 vaishnavas we try to bring people outside of iskhan outside of the godi tradition and then 10 christians catholics and protestants usually about 50 50. we choose a different topic every year and we have one of the devotees write a, write a, an academic paper so the topic might be anything from the kingdom of god to a spirit, we actually did two years on this years ago, spirit in the world, affirmation, renunciation. Because both in the Vaishnava and the Christian tradition, we, we kind of struggle, how do you deal with the world? You know, we don't have to get into it now, but there's a lot of rich things to be discussed there. One year we did the mother of God, hmm. because, you know, Christians have a concept of the mother of God, it's very different from ours, of course, you know, Mary and her role and Jesus's identity. But we also have that very strongly, and a lot of other traditions don't have that so strong. So we look at things, both the similarities and the differences. So we have two papers, some years four papers, and we read the papers and then we discuss them. And then, of course, we have sumptuous prashadam. We cater every time. And then we have open times of discussion. And, and this year we did it online. It, it worked rather well online. Uh, but we always, when it's not COVID, we tried to have a, a retreat in, in kind of an environmentally pleasant garden-esque type of a place. We rented a, a retreat center for, for many years and a real chance for people to interact personally. And, and you know, we, we have conversations with, um, you know, abbots, the people that lead monasteries and professors uh, at the Catholic University of America. And we talk about shared issues like, uh, you know, how do you keep, like keeping young people inspired in the faith. Or what are you doing about, uh, you know, how traumatic it is when respected elders in the church turn out to be pedophiles. The church or the temple, take your pick. Hmm. You know, these are like issues, you know, real is- human issues as we struggle together. To understand God, serve God, and try to understand how we can be better people in the world. So, um, I you know I can say for me, um, since we're trying to just explore this a little bit, I always find it one of the most spiritually rewarding days of 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 the year. We mm-hmm. we meet for a couple a couple days, and I walk out of there feeling invigorated, refreshed, connected. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some people there that. Uh, you know, like, America's such a terrible, violent place. They have this expression. I'd take a bullet for that guy. i would know? <laughs> never heard that expression. Yeah, yeah, maybe you stopped going to movies years before I did. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's it. But, you know, the, the sense that, that the relationships are so deep that, um, you know, genuine spiritual friendships and, and people that I would, uh, you know, I would really... Uh, Sacrifice to help them in any way it mm-hmm. can.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's an essential principle of of uh, inter, interreligious dialogue. It's developing friendships, isn't it?
4: Very much so, and it's been a shared journey. It's been twenty three years. And there's a core of people, you know, a few people, maybe two or three, kind of fade away every year. And Mm -hmm. when we bring in some new people, and maybe they just come for one year, or they come for five, or they come for 10. But Mm -hmm. there's probably, um, you know, five or six on both sides, roughly, that have been there for 20 years.
0: And when you have uh, such a long term relationship, uh, you can be you can you can be really honest, isn't it? Yes, you can express yourself as yourself.
4: Yeah, very much so. And you can also
0: listen uh, without feeling defensive or whatever. And at the same time, as you said, you feel refreshed um, I would I would say one, component of that feeling refreshed is that uh, one is forced out of one's comfort zone of um yeah one's religious bubble uh as you said we 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 know all about we know all about uh, the the spiritual world um and then someone says well For me, that's not so important. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) Well, you know, an interesting parallel comes to my mind, and we've all probably had the experience, because most of us live in, not all of us, but many of us live in Christian-dominated countries. You know, sometimes you meet a Christian, not all, but some of them we meet who don't want to discuss anything, because they have a sense, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the Bible, that's all I need to do. And to, to open up to any kind, to make those kind of porous boundaries threatens my salvation. I don't want to hear anything else, because this is the only way. And we sometimes, you know, in our own ways, buy into a similar thing. You know, like we're doing what counts, and what we're not doing well Either we're not aware of it, or we discount it, or it's just not important. But interacting with other people, like other interfaith people, causes you to, to get new ideas and look at things differently. I wrote a paper that's going to be published in that same updated ICJ, the new one. Uh-huh. I highlighted one, two, three, four, five, six, six lessons I thought were learned. And one of them was uh, it helps us uh, become... More self-critical, you know, to think more about what we're doing, what we're not doing, how we could do better.
0: Yeah, and that's um, that's too challenging for some. Can we say that interfaith dialogue is not for not for the neophyte devotee?
4: Yes, I would agree with that. Um, I think the idea of meeting your neighbor. Who happens to be Muslim about being a neighbor and you know can you mow your lawn over there and I'll mow mine here and they'll both look together that that's great. I, yeah. I don't think we should shy away from that who wh- whatever our exposure to Krishna consciousness is how long we've been committed or studied. but as far as more in-depth conversations, yeah it requires some maturity. You really can't do dialogue well if you're not rooted in your own tradition. Um, I even remember, I'll give an example, one of the first few years we brought a a, a very senior ISKCON person who in the dialogue began quoting biblical verses that he thought validated us from their tradition, you know, like something, you know, Ezekiel said he'd come back again or something like that. Therefore, reincarnation is true. (laughs) You know, and I had to kind of pull them aside at the break and say, you know, this isn't really what we're, what we're, what we're all about. I mean, they can pull all kinds of quotes to tell us we're wrong. You know, it's, it's really more about acknowledging that we're trying to understand God. And, you know, so whatever they say, you know, say the topic is renunciation. What does your tradition teach about renunciation? Here's what ours says about renunciation. Well, how do you deal with this you know like there's jesus as i remember this example because it was an important session for me i thought it was so uh, informative you know jesus said things like honor your father and mother but there's a parable about somebody came to him and said i want to follow you and he said fine come and he said but i have to go bury my father first you have to do this religious ritual it's kind of important your father died right jesus said you no you're not fit if you have to go do that right. so there's tensions you know, in our tradition, too, we have sannyasa ashram, we have grahasta ashram, we have people telling us, you know, you don't need to build hospitals. It's all mundane. And don't feed people. That's all mundane. You have other people saying, wait a minute, you know, we have doctors. Why can't they use their talents in a Krishna conscious environment? And, and and why why shouldn't we feed people? We're all about feeding people. Why can't we feed 1.2 million children in India through the, you know, our programs there? Isn't this a wonderful thing? Well, for sannyasis it's probably not the best thing, but for grahasthas it could be the very best thing. So there's tension there. And these are healthy tensions and it's Mm -hmm. great to discuss these and learn from other people as well.
0: Yeah. Um, We have questions for you from Dira Lalita. Uh, Dira Lalita, do you want to come on and ask directly? You've written in this um, in this in the chat, but I think it's nice if you just ask directly.
5: Yes, Guru Maharaj, I can ask directly. Hare Krishna, Um May um, Krishna. <laughs> so as as uh, Guru Maharaj told us to um, meditate on questions that we we could ask you, and um, I came up with two questions. so that's okay to ask. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, first one is, um, what an individual or a devotee need to know in order to become a good communicator for the sake of preaching and connecting with other religious, religious groups? And
4: maybe, maybe do that one first. That's a big one.
5: And individual growth. <laughs> okay.
4: okay. Wow, that's a great question. That's a, great, that's a very deep question. I would just say, first of all, We should be well-rooted in our own Krishna conscious tradition, including aware of the broad-mindedness of our previous Acharyas. You know, we should know a little bit about what Bhakti-no Thakur did to try to expand Krishna consciousness in the time of the Bhadra Lok. We should know how Srila Bhaktasiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, as a sannyasi, rode in a car, amidst the criticism of so many people, and how they threw stones at his parikram party, in Vrindavan. How he faced those kinds of obstacles. Um, we need to know how these people, these great acharyas in our line, adjusted and had to live amidst uh, difficulties. We should know some of what... we should study Prabhupada and how when he was in the UK, he, he postponed his trip to New Vrindavan, his only rural community at that point in time, which he loved. He spent a lot of time there. He postponed his trip there because he said, quote, Shamas has arranged a gorgeous program in the UK. That gorgeous program was, one, Youth Day. Two, Businessman's Day. Three, Artist Day. Four, Neighbors Day. Five, uh, Academics or Scholars Days. Shama arranged all these people in these different categories. We're going to bring youth. We're going to bring artists. We're going to bring Business people and Prabhupada stopped his trip to his own first rural community, delayed it because this was so important. Gorgeous program, those were his words. So, to see and and to stop and ask ourselves, How much time did our founder, Acharya, spend meeting people everywhere he went? If they didn't have important people lined up for him to meet, he'd leave. Like, you keep me busy here meeting important people. And then we go back, how many of those reporters, or nuns, or professors, or government leaders. Did join ISKCON. Prabhupada even told George Harrison, "Don't join. Basically, you're doing good. Do what you're doing right." So Prabhupada's yeah. mentality wasn't convert everybody. Prabhupada wanted to meet important people. My little quote here again, to make them sympathizers. So having that viewpoint, that one, we're deeply rooted in our Krishna consciousness, which includes seeing Krishna in other places. Fourth chapter Bhagavad Gita, prophet says, it is not true that Krishna only appears on Indian soil. He can appear anywhere and everywhere he chooses. And he tries to teach as much about religious principles as people can understand according to the time, place, and circumstance. So, you know, being aware of those teachings so that we can see, wow, Krishna's working through the Christian tradition. He's working through the Islamic tradition. He's working through the Buddhist tradition. and then, And how can we learn from them? How can we work with them? How can we share with them? How can we partner with them? How can we at least minimize any animosity between us, which isn't helpful for our, our movement's goals? So those are some of the things. And in a practical sense, you can take the ISKCON communications course, which is, <laughs> which is available online through the Bhaktivedanta College. I'll put a little plug in here. And it will is. be available again this January 2021. The opening available now. Contact Bhaktivedanta College online. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
5: Thank you very much. Thank you. And in case time.
0: you miss, in case you miss that slot,
4: when is the next one? That hasn't been determined yet. But the very we we, we did four in twenty twenty, and we can take about twenty students maximum. And then the next one is uh, in like starts around January fifteenth or February first, and and we'll see how it goes after that
0: speaking speaking of that communications course you've been doing that for so many years now any idea how many how many students you've taught through that
4: yeah marge i'm in the communications department which uh, i'm not in the record-keeping department and i failed (laughs) okay great great shortcomings i'm not good at recording these things but i i would estimate it's probably been taught 60 or 70 times around the world. So, huh. you know, maybe 1,500 students, maybe maybe more, maybe 2,000 students. That's very just good. that's a very rough estimate. And that, yeah, maybe may more, maybe maybe may several thousands because it's been translated into Spanish and it's been taught in Spanish and I don't keep track. There's different people that teach it. I'm not the only one that teaches it, but several thousand.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. What would you suggest as a prerequisite for that course? Anything specific?
4: Um, no, actually there's no, pre- no prerequisites really. Okay. Just the only prerequisite is go online and register. All right. There, there's a small fee. Okay. The only prerequisites.
0: And uh, dear Lalita, you had a second question.
5: Um, yes, uh, I have said thank you very much for the answer. I I will look into your uh, uh, communication course uh, because there is no any requirements uh, needed, so I may have a chance.
4: <laughs> I'm sure, if we, had, if we had many many requirements, you would fulfill all of those, and you're more than welcome to participate.
5: Oh, oh, thank you. I I I, I wish it's like that. Um, well, my second question is: um, In your opinion, um, how are the religious groups? see
4: our Hare Krishna movement? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I would say it depends how much they've interacted with Hare Krishna devotees and what those exchanges have been like. If they met one or two people in the past, and this is like, you know, if I was a Christian, I would be in church confessing this. You know, I have a very vivid and painful memory of meeting a priest on his way for a vacation, and a few brahmacharis who've been practicing Krishna consciousness for maybe, you know, two years, stopping this guy and telling him, where are you going? Oh, I'm taking a vacation. Well, if you are really dedicated to God, why do you need a vacation? <laughs> you know, this man probably hadn't had a vacation in five years. He's going to go home, visit his mom and his dad. We were so arrogant. So, so, I mean, okay, it's understandable. I mean, you know, I've met plenty of Christians that are neophytes that are, that are obnoxious too. So, you know, we have obnoxious neophytes. They have obnoxious neophytes. We have fanatical people who think everybody else is wrong and going to hell. They have fanatical people who think everybody else is going to hell. And those people kind of attract each other, but those are not the voices. We, we can't let those voices be the voice of the Christian conscious movement you know and they're not the voices and we 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 shouldn't let those become dominant voices um so i think the answer to your question is it really depends if they've met mature devotees who were able to listen and then share uh, you know like like i'll give an example a specific example in in our vaishnava christian dialogue in in india the second no the f- first year maybe maybe the second this one gentleman professor joseph Muttaraj. After one day of dialogue, he, he kind of had an aha moment. He said, you know, he said, I'm understanding now. He said, we Christians, we really know and we emphasize how God loves us, right? Jesus, the only begotten son of God. He sacrificed, fought, blah, blah, blah. God became the flood. They're really focused on it. And then he said, he said, you Vaishnavas, he said, we Christians really understand how God loves us. You Vaishnavas, you talk about how to love God. And I just thought, wow, this is really profound. I mean, this is really some deep some deep theological God consciousness sharing going on here. I'll share another little more of like a sociological exchange. Again, I'll do the one in India because the contrasts are so s- strong there for me. One of our participants, Parijata, is a communications director from Mumbai, India, She came, she looked on the list, she said, who is this Teresa who's coming? Do you know who Sister Teresa is? I said, I really don't know, some father invited her. Long story short, Sister Teresa used to be Parijata's teacher when Parijata went to Catholic school in India. So I said, Parijata, why don't you just, in in the public session, you know, show a little credit to your teachers. She said, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. So in the middle of these 20 people or so, one day she said, I just want to take a moment, Teresa's here. She'd mentioned previously she was my teacher in Catholic school. And I just really want to thank her and the other Catholics here in particular for my education, because I think it deepened my character. It gave me a strong education, and it helped me go on and commit my life to Vaishnavism. <laughs> so that, that, that I knew was coming. <laughs> that, I knew that part was coming. Then one of the Swamis, Bhaktanod Swami, he said, well, actually, let me also share. I was also raised and went to Catholic school my entire period of education, and I need to show some appreciation for the moral values that they taught me. And then another devotee, uh, Sumitra Krishna, said, well, I didn't go to Catholic school, but my wife went to Catholic school, so I would also like to share. (laughs) And meanwhile, I'm thinking with all this propaganda out there these days, you know, that, that the only reason the Christians, all they want to do is convert people, and I think I might have shared with this, I think I did share the group, I said, you know, there's a lot of criticism of you folks. All you're trying to do is convert people in India. I have to testify. You're doing a lousy job. Because you're, you're, you're convincing, you know, Hindu swamis. You know, this, this man's a leader of a Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition. He's traveling all around India and all around the world preaching to people to become a Vaishnava. He came out of your system. This woman is the head of the communications for all of Western India. You trained her. If your goal was to convert here, you're failing. Now, if your goal was to create, you know, good people, highly educated people, qualified people to contribute to society, God-conscious people, congratulations. Here's th- here's three examples of what wonderful work you've done. So, so as an as an answer, how did, what do people think of us? Who do they meet? Are they meeting Parjata? who's broad-minded and who has a deep place in her heart for Mother Teresa and another, you know, Catholics because of the good goodness that they've done to her. Well, that's that's a good representation. And I'll just end with this. I remember, too, again, practical benefits. You can go online. If you look up the ISKCONcommunications.org, um, there's a video there from the 50th anniversary celebration in Washington, D.C. And there's little snippets, among other things, of of Shana Kumari, who's a, a scholar of Islam and a very person who holds proper and deep affection in his heart. And you'll see Father Leo, Maraj um, hmm, hmm, hmm. helped me, remember Leo. His name's yeah. escaping. Leo. Anyway, a Catholic scholar speaking at our 50th anniversary about how significant it is, ISKCON and ISKCON's growth. there's also a video about the Harvard uh, Conference Uh, with scholars, some of whom are religious uh, people, commenting about the significance of ISKCON's and ISKCON's contributions to the world. So that another thing, these people that we build these relationships through interfaith, they become people who deeply appreciate our tradition and what we offer. Some of them are ready to go out and tell other people, we're pretty good folks. I mean, to the point I was invited, let's see if I can, where is it? I mean, I'm not a scholar. Here. I mean, I'm, I'm not a scholar. I'm not scholarly trained. I never got an undergraduate degree. But just because of my our friendship, this is a, a volume that was put out by the Catholic University of America, which is like the orthodox seat of Catholicism in the United States. Their press put out a book about Nostra which was their uh, very, very significant event in the history of the Catholic Church most important for us is this particular document, which is a piece of Vatican II, saying in essence that there's truth in other religious traditions, just to kind of abbreviate it all down. And, um, you know, I I went to the event and Frank Clooney spoke about uh, Hinduism and I was asked to give a response to Frank Clooney. I'm not a scholar. I have no credentials and I'm right in here after some bishop or something like that where did that come from? That came from the relationships that we cultivated through interfaith. Radhika Raman Prabhu, a dear friend and partner of, of your Guru Maharaj, um, if you look at his bio, one of the things he mentions is he met the Pope. Well, how did he meet the Pope? He met the Pope because of the interfaith dialogues we've been having in Washington, D.C. that he was a participant in. And through that contact, they realized this, this is a legitimate tradition. These are good people. These Godias, this ISKCON people, they can represent the broader Hindu tradition. And they invited Radhika Rahman to meet with the Pope. And he went up to the Pope and he said, I don't know if any of you know what he said. First they weren't gonna let him speak. He was just supposed to stand in the background and give him give him a uh, give him a gift. And he ran up to me like two minutes before the Pope's out there in his car and it's this whole flurry of activity. He came up and said, Anunima, they just told me they want me to say something. What should I say? So we <laughs> So we brainstormed for a minute, and he said Hare Krishna, Holy Father. That was his <laughs> opening. And then he went, and he went on to say something like, you may be aware that um, there's a there's a strong history of, of monotheism. I mean, we know that's a complicated term, but, you know, different Iskans, Gruder Gru, Gru, Prabhu does like that term. But there's a strong tradition of monotheism within Hinduism. And we've been in dialoguing with the church and other Christian traditions now for some 15 years And it's been very rewarding for all of us. We thought that let you know, make that point to the Pope. Hmm. So doors open. Shona Karisha uses this beautiful term, the Krishna factor. You know, you meet some of these people, you attend a conference, you you sit in the back and you listen, and then Krishna just opens doors for amazing things.
0: (laughs) The Krishna factor, yes. Um- Our time is flying by. feels like we're just scratching the surface of the topic. Uh, but I wonder if anyone else has a burning question for Anuttuma Prabhu.: There's one in the chat, Maharaj. Should I respond to this one?: <clears throat> Oh yes, please, Kaveri. Maybe Kaveri can ask directly.
6: Hi Krishna, my obeisances to all J Prabhupada. Um She's yeah. speaking
0: from Boston.
6: <laughs> yes. Um, so my question is if you if you feel supported in your um, endeavor for this valuable service and experiences you're having, and you feel that this is it's reaching our our temples, which are still you know the way people connect most of the time with the higher krishna's and um if you feel your all this knowledge is pouring in the temple so what you still feel is the is the attempt of a few great individuals who take the endeavor and effort of communicating with with uh, other religious groups i don't know if i'm being very clear but is this okay. coming down <laughs> To in 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 the temples in our movement?
4: Are you or in Boston just happening
6: in a in a sphere?
4: Are you in Boston because you're in a scholarly pursuit? Boston being one of the great intellectual centers of America? No. Her oh, husband works at MIT. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah, I remember I went the last time I went to the Boston Temple, the the, 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 the night guard started launching into some in-depth philosophical discussion the minute i walked in the door i thought okay this is boston for sure i mean <laughs> the Chokidar dar is like <laughs> is a theologian uh so it definitely impacts that's a really 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 good question um i and i would just take away the one word you said just a few great people are doing this in one sense great people it it it's it, it, just with a couple minutes left it has not caught on to the extent that i feel it needs to I feel it's one of the things that's holding our movement back. Um, And at the same time, we're in the pioneering phases, and there's so many things that haven't really caught on. You know, Vaisheshika Prabhu, who's the eternal optimist, if you pushed him hard enough, he'd probably say, yeah, there's not enough devotees that really understand the importance of book distribution. And if you have the deity minister come on, I guarantee he's going to say, yeah, devotees just really don't understand the importance of caring for the deities the way Prabhupada wanted us to. And you know, Miraj maybe, and some other people who are focused on academic pursuits would say, "How many devotees really appreciate the need to study our own tradition deeply?" So that's there. And then, speaking for my discipline, my service, I, I think it's really critical. I think more people need to need to do it. Need to need to have this kind of like appreciation. Um, and you know we, we we make presentations at the ILS the international leadership sangha the communications course is now available online um... it, 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 it needs to be more broadly uh, understood um... thanks for your question and and i would just uh... humbly any any devotees here that uh... this this resonates with you consider taking the course consider uh... you know even in your own lives just thinking a little differently about the way you talk to the bus driver maybe talk to him or her for the first time <laughs> we use the term key audience you know these people are all important they all impact us and our ability to, to serve christians spread the mission and if those anybody that kind of resonate a little bit take the course and there is a global sangha of devotees that do communications and uh we can always use more and more people to assist with that it really and it's a lot of fun i mean it's so much fun i mean we didn't get into it i could talk to you for a couple hours about interacting with the anti-cult movements. That's even more fun than the interfaith. <laughs> there, there, there you are the devil, and you get to try to <laughs> somehow convince people you're not over 20 years. And um, <laughs> it's a tough one. That's very challenging and also fruitful, also mm. very fruitful.
0: Mm.
4: And I'll just add one thing. I, I think if we're, in order for us to grow in a healthy way, um, and I know that our academic devotees do this in their way, which is in many ways much more significant than we do. It's essential for our movement to be self-critical. Just like as individual devotees, we have to, without becoming disturbed, disappointed, depressed, wow, my job is not so good. It may, be, it may take me 50 years, but i got to work on this. You know, where I'm really not very humble. i I, I got to try to do at least one little thing today to be a little more humble. So the same way we really need to become more self-critical as a movement, not to become depressed, disturbed, but to really see how do we do better, and 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 uh, communications has a lot of it based on being self-critical. You know, how are we treating women? How are we treating children? How are we doing this? How are we doing that? If we can't have that kind of conversation, I think we remain study cars. Mm. Thank you,
0: Prabhu you've enlivened us all, you've enlivened me at least. How about the rest of you? Yes? (laughs) So um, Anuttama Prabhu, you have mentioned a topic that um, you could easily talk for two hours on, which means you just put yourself into trouble. Now we're going to pester you to ask you to come back on sometime
4: to do that is that all right oh i'd be happy to do that Marsh. <laughs> if there's any interest i mean i don't want to you know no not-
0: i'm sure there is i'm interested <laughs> so we don't want to take more of your time thank you for giving us this time for today um I hope we didn't cut too deeply into your Japa time today. Um.
4: No, actually, I'm uh, in another hour. I'm finishing up this little uh, some special mercy I got through the Oxford Center for Hindu Studies. They're having these little colloquiums for oh. a very small number of devotees. So I'm I'm supposed to make a little presentation in ten minutes. I chose okay. Bhakti, Bhakti, and. I don't have a title, but bhakti, the interface of bhakti and and Vedic or bhakti and particularly vanashram is vanashram uh-huh. relevant in the past of bhakti, specifically in terms of some of the sociological conversations that are going on with the niskan these days. So, um, thinking about some of those things a little bit, although okay, that well, maybe there's a book for you in the future would be really wonderful on that.
0: Uh, okay, well. <laughs> We can discuss.
4: <laughs> I'll come back for another hour. You can write a book. How's that? That's for, for me an hour. For you a book. It's about the same level of
0: uh, uh, your, your, your level
4: of expertise to have a book is about what I can match with an hour off the cuff conversation.
0: Well, you can make the important points in one hour off the cuff. And I need I need weeks and months and years to make the same point in a complicated way.
4: All of you should know that, uh, I understand with this, I I have tremendous, tremendous respect for your Guru Maharaj um, in many, many ways, but I'll, I'll highlight one, one of many aspects that he and others, there's this, you know, camaraderie of devotees who have gone so deep in the academic study of our tradition and in, in studying different aspects of it and, and connecting and being able to make it better understood by scholars and lay people and interfaith people as well it is really very very important service and kind of go back the circle you read my little quote earlier that we have so many gifts to give and a lot of times we don't know how to communicate them very well You know, whether it's a Sunday feast lecture, we don't know how to deliver that very well, or we don't know how to talk to our children very well. We'd say, hey, kids, sit down and shut up and listen to the lecture (laughs) until they're 12 and they're big enough to say, I'm not going anymore. You know, that's a big problem to, you know, not having anybody qualified to speak to to scholars. And now we do. And uh, similarly, we need people trained to speak to scholars and people to speak to the media and people to speak to governments and to really, to, to, we we we've got beautiful treasures, and we're just such. It's we're early, 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 in the manifestation of our movement, and it's just it's an exciting opportunity uh, opportunity now to do that. So, Miraj, I, I really think the work you're doing, I know for sure, I'll put on my tree colleague hat. The work that's being done by these pioneering academics will go down in history, as phenomenally important in the spread of of of, of Christian consciousness around the world. So, thank you for that, Maharaj. Vishnu,
0: Vishnu, Vishnu. <clears throat> On that note, um, since you've made me speechless, um, we will end there today. And I'll say thank you all so much for joining us again. And I should say next week, um, we can meet again, but we may, I may make it shorter next week because uh, I have... What do I have? Um, I have an academic conference <laughs> uh, that starts at three o'clock next Saturday. Uh, so we may we may end earlier, but we can well, start- Say one the...
4: question from Rukmini. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'll be in big trouble if I don't ask you this. Oh, we oh. missed we we missed the AAR panel that you were on a couple of days ago. Yeah. We were yeah. trying to, and it was, t- I... <laughs> Just like here, I was off by an hour or, well, I was off by a day. I went to log in and I was a day late. So is there a recording of that that we can get? Will you have access to that? Unfortunately, there was no recording of that session.
0: But I made, I made a secret audio recording of it.
4: Oh. Yeah. So if you want. Please. <laughs> did you do, was it yours alone or did you also record? No, no, in- I recorded the whole session. Oh, If you could figure some way to secretly send that to us, and we'll secretly listen to it and not tell anyone the secret,
0: <laughs> except I a, can send oh, you a link. It's 43 megabytes, so yeah.
4: Okay, a link would be wonderful. Thank you. Okay.
0: Thank, Thank you. you,
4: Prabhu. Thank so, you all. Uh, uh, Back at the college, ISKCON communications course. Anupama, yes. or she can Anutma, remind everybody every week. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, I'll log off. Thank you all Krishna. Thank you. And
0: special thanks to our translators. I don't know how much you could keep up with Anuttama's fast American speaking, but anyway, thanks for trying. And we'll see you next week. Hare priyaman andi hari hari bol hare hare, hare,
5: hare, hare
2: bol hare, 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 hare krishna